Hello, and welcome to a promo for Blood on the Rocks, a podcast on all things creepy, morbid, or otherwise dark. I'm your host, Axel Taylor. Join me and various guest hosts as we cover a whole load of subjects. We'll show you the world of serial killers, accidents, hauntings, black metal, and more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other fancy podcast platforms. Our coin funny content may vary. All bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning. For everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Housekeeping. Yes. That was Akshay's promo you heard from Blood on the Rocks. He's yes. awesome. He is awesome. Yes. I finally listened to my first episode and it was the... The one you suggested, the, the British, British Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't finish it, unfortunately. I was at work. But, uh, right. The uh, first half of it sounded uh, uh, very familiar. <laughs> very much like we'll Jeffrey it, Dahmer. We'll huh? put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, shout out to Akshay and to our listener, Lexi, for um, mentioning our Naughty by Nature uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> OPP reference last my like Naughty yours, by Nature. Yes. OPP last reference. episode. They both knew who Naughty by Nature was <laughs> <laughs> and found but, it very funny that I asked if they were Canadian. Yes, that, that answer was uh, perfect. Mm. And also, OPP in that context does not mean Ontario Provincial Police. It does not. And it also doesn't mean other people's police. <laughs> <laughs> that either. But. It's somewhere along those lines. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, also, shout out to Lexi for um, saying that she thought our banter was cute. Yes. Which is better than inane, which we've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> we've had several times. Yes. Also, we heard from our, our pal Sarah Q. Yes. Who we adore, um, mostly because she's so nice and so smart and way smarter than we are. <laughs> Very eloquent. Yes, she say. is. She's an excellent writer. Yes. Frankly, I think she has, uh, if she's not already a writer, I think she has, like, writing or teaching. I think she would be great at because she's very good at explaining things in writing. And she's also very entertaining. Um, and she she said, she called our uh, our inane banter, her, her, she came up with such a better term. It was Ad-libbed digressions, which is so tactful and so sweet. It's, it's also so millennial, but I'll but I'll take it. Yes, yes. Well, sh- <laughs> well, actually, depending on exactly, she she's might in, not be. She's in college. Yeah. She might be the next generation yeah. up. The Xennial is that what it's whatever it's Maybe? called? I don't know. I don't know. She, or she might be borderline, like very late millennial. Wow, we're old. But um, also, so speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm younger than you. Yes, you are. Um, but so she she schooled us on a bunch of stuff from our um, year without a summer episode, which was great. 
but in which I a lot of the stuff she had said we said I'm I'm well, not discounting that no, that's she, what we course, said at all. But she I, listened to it recently. We I, haven't listened. We to haven't it recorded that episode in so long. Like I don't really remember a whole know, lot about it. I know. So, y- yeah, I we recorded um, that episode like before our uh, honeymooning, way before our. Oh honeymoon. yes, it was one. It was nearish to the beginning. Yeah. Anyway, seventh I, or eighth maybe. I have never listened to one of our podcasts after. I listened to it during the editing process, like, because it's just between the research and the recording and the editing, I feel like I've heard it enough, but apparently I don't have everything remembered because I I didn't remember some of the stuff she mentioned and corrected us on, but I'm glad she did correct us on it. Um, Also, she brought up a good point. So you know how we have the blanket trigger warning for everything possible? We do. Um, But I have also mentioned a specific trigger warning for children. Like, yes. meaning not that children, children should not be listening to this podcast. That's not what I mean. I mean, you know, like if massive numbers of children get killed. <laughs> yes, we mean if you <laughs> are triggered by judge, dead children. Judge for yourself whether or not you can handle a bunch of dead kids. Exactly. We'll, she, we'll just give you a little heads up that it's coming. She suggested that we also include a trigger warning when a large number of animals die. She said that she her she, she was like you know and I feel like this is maybe kind of selfish because uh, you know I'm it triggers me but I was like no that's a great point because frankly it triggers me too I can I'm also one of those weirdos who can uh, take like in movies oh sure I don't mind seeing like and, and it's all fake of course anyway but. Um, like seeing someone stabbed, but as you you can attest to this, mm-hmm. if there's the hint that an animal is going to be pretend hurt, yeah, you do not like, want to see it. Like the goat in Walking Dead, was it a goat, the pet goat or whatever in the it one was, episode? Yes, yeah. There, there's also been a horse I and, could not, and more recently no, a tiger. No, I could not watch that whole episode just because I knew the goat was going to die. So yeah. yes, good suggestion, <laughs> the, Sarah. The goat, I'll take it into the goat account. was also bait, but still. It was kind of sad. Ugh. And I should I should do it anyway because I'm a vegan, so I should know better. But anyway, that was our housekeeping. Yes. Yeah. So I put up a clue on Twitter just uh, just a few minutes ago saying that we were oh, recording I was and say. a clue of what this um, episode was going to be about. Would you like the clue? Sure. John, Pete, Keith. And Roger. The guys who didn't make the cut for the Rolling Stones. You're on the right track, <laughs> strangely. Really? What? Think about it. Okay, give me the names again. John, Pete, Roger, and Keith. You should especially know Keith. Are you talking about Keith Moon? Yes. Uh... I'm sorry. One more time, because now I because now I'm getting the last names. Give me the first names again. Sorry. Pete. Townsend. John. Lennon. Oh oh, and and <laughs> and Swile. And Twistle. And Swistle. Whatever. My favorite I, bass player of all time. I know, I'm you sorry. should know that. I should. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't listen and to the Roger. Who for the bass player though. In Mole. <laughs> and Roger. Uh, Daltrey. Yes. Okay. So what are we talking about? We were talking about the Who. Which version? Of the Who, would this be? They're still late sixties no. pop. No, seventies we'll, we'll, we'll LSD. We'll talk about phase. the era and the pertinence of it. But what about the Who is a tragedy? Keith Moon is. 
We're not talking about Keith. Keith oh, Moon. okay. Remember, that would violate our rules. It would, yes. It's just one person. It mm. was an accident, whatever. We will talk about it, but it's not the topic. What else did they fuck up really bad? I don't, I don't even know. This might be news. Oh, they didn't fuck up. Okay. The topic I'm, I'm today. I'm very intrigued. Oh, okay. Not everyone knows about this. People of a certain age might remember this, but otherwise. Today's topic is the Who concert disaster. Oh, I have heard about it. Yeah, okay. I don't, I really, I've heard about it, but I really don't know the details. Well, so let's get into it. I'm excited in the worst way possible. To hear about a concert disaster. Yes. Cheers. Oh, wait. I oh, you, you haven't gonna... opened yours. Oh. I was waiting for you to open yours. Oh, well, I'm almost done. Hold on. Okay, ready? <laughs> I dropped the bottle cap. <laughs> and what are you drinking tonight, by the way? Oh, I am drinking... So, DeClaw Brewery is one of my favorite non-local breweries. They're out of Baltimore. Baltimore? Baltimore. Voldemort. Um, and I like their Sweet Baby Jesus, Sweet Baby Java, and Dirty Little Freak. And I'm drinking Dirty Little Freak tonight. We won't talk about what you're drinking. I am having a national local beer. Hmm. Which listeners of previous episodes will we'll understand what that is. All right, you ready? Less filling tastes great. <laughs> tastes great, less filling. Either way. No, tastes great, less filling. Okay. You all weigh in. Anyway, <laughs> on December 3rd, 1979. Oh, okay. 11 people were killed <sighs> in a stampede uh. at a Who concert in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, shit. Okay. 11 people dead who concert. That would really suck. Yes. So 1979, what was the date? December 3rd. Okay. So we're, so we're I, coming up on the was, 40th anniversary. I was almost three years old. Mm-hmm. I would have turned three in January of the following year. I was negative five for 16 <laughs> days. <Yes. laughs> All right. So this this one really has it all for me, and I kind of talked to you about this. It's disasters and classic rock. <laughs> Don't sound too excited about eleven people getting crushed. No, no. So like, all you would have to add for, to make this like perfect for me is like to add bookkeeping or personal finance, <laughs> or a vegan into it. chef, or or veganism, um, or tax code. <laughs> It'll be basically a combination of my favorite things ever. Which so. would possibly be the only combination of those favorite things. Yes. <laughs> Most likely, actually. Sadly, money does not come into play really here. I mean, indirectly, but not. Anyway, um, let's talk about The Who. Because okay, I, I see want why you're to. Okay. Yes, here's why I'm excited The Who is my number four favorite band of all time. Do you know who one, two, three, and five are? I know one is Queen. Yes, thank you. Uh, two, I'm, I think, is the Beatles. Yes, okay. very good. Three, Led Zeppelin. Excellent. And five, four is, four is and, yeah, uh, the who. who. Five is. I'll give you a hint. They're all British classic rock bands. And the Stones are nowhere near it. I was just. Gonna say, I don't. I know you're not a big Stones fan. Um, uh, hang on. Were... The Clash. No, no, wish you were here. Oh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, yes. And then six and seven are honorary mentions to Bob Dylan and Rush. So sure. throw a Canadian, throw a U.S. in there. But anyway, 
Yes. I'm going to try not to. If you went with Neil Young, you could have another Canadian. I don't, I'm, I don't mind Neil Young. Yeah, I'm with you. But, yeah. yeah. I'm not so, big on him either. I feel the same way about Tom Petty. Sorry, Tom Petty. Well, and Tom Petty fans. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, lovely I, man. I honestly do wish I had got to see him live. I would have. I would have gone to a show just to be like, yeah, I saw yeah, Tom Petty. sure. I get guitar players liking yeah. him, too, you know, but... Uh, he just never really uh, did a whole lot for me. I don't care if you love me. <laughs> well, you, well, you play just about everything except for guitar. Do. You could probably play drums if you wanted to. I'm sure you could. The, the only instrument I could play with any sort of... Mm-hmm. The... Mastery or <laughs> Mastery, um, confidence? No. Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. A slight amount of confidence <laughs> is the drums. Well, you, and if you, you did at our oops, you did at our um, reception very well. Yeah, well, kind of, but whatever. But <laughs> if you're into if you're into playing bass and oh, God, playing drums, Petty is the like worst. Tom Petty is like one of the worst acts that is out there if you're into those specific instruments breakdown consists <laughs> yeah. of playing a and g on the e string like ten thousand I am, times i am confident in saying this hmm. i could go on tour for tom petty right i am completely confident in saying <laughs> same that. here it's not it's not that difficult same here okay let's stop anyway. slagging off a dead man that's, that's not the word. And imagining... Uh, Slagging off? And imagining that we would go on tour with right. Tom Petty. Slagging off. Yes, that's a British Sla- expression. Slacking off? Slagging. Oh. Don't slag them off. That's British. Actually, tweet me, is that real? To say slag off. Anyway, let's get back on track. <laughs> let's get back to your favorite bands. Oh, I mean... Number four oh, favorite band. I mean... 11 people, unfortunately, losing their lives at a concert. Well, let's talk about the nice stuff first. So, The Who. Uh, Because we have, I'm sure, many listeners who were not around when The Who were around, like in their original incarnation, myself included. Like, I wasn't alive when Keith Moon was alive. barely alive when Keith Moon was alive. Yes, yes, exactly. So, The Who were formed in the early 60s, part of the British invasion scene. Um, Two completely different bands between the late 60s and the mid to late 70s. They changed a lot. That is very true. And early 80s. Yeah, oh, they they changed a a ton. Because basically, The Who evolved the way Pete Townsend did. Because Pete Townsend was always their primary songwriter. And brilliant songwriter, by the way. Like, really brilliant, possible pedophile. It's hard to tell. Really? Okay. Did you not know about that? I don't even want to know. Let's not go down You can Google it. Anyway. So, their (laughs) early stuff... I I will not. You will not. Their early stuff was very, like, Britpop. Yes. Can't explain the kids are all right. All that stuff. Got, it was pretty standard, but before long, like, they became kind of the badasses of British rock. Because um, when they played the 67 Monterey Pop Festival, they went... They The story goes, the story that Pete Townsend told, is that they and Jimi Hendrix were going on, and one of them was going to go f- before the other, and the, the, whoever went last was going to close. And they didn't really want to like, go after Jimi Hendrix, you know, like, a tough act to follow sort of thing. Anyway, they flipped a coin, and who went on first? And that is when they famously, and perhaps, like, the first band to really widely do this, Townsend started smashing his guitar. 
Roger Daltrey was swinging his microphone. Keith Moon was going nuts, knocking over his drums. They were kicking over speakers. John Entwistle, notably the bassist, my favorite bassist of all time, was just like very calmly backing off, (laughs) playing, because... Keeping the beat. (laughs) Everybody knows we bass players are the most fucking sane people in that fucking band, whatever it is. We know our shit. We're the we're the control freak know it alls of the group. What a convincing argument. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after that, we're not crazy. <laughs> we're just control at freak. all. We're just control <laughs> freaks. So after, <laughs> while chaos is going on around us, we can still keep the rhythm going. We keep we're fucking professionals. We bass players. <laughs> I'm telling you. The rest of you don't know what's wrong with you. We're the same ones. Anyway, after The Who went on, that was when Jimi Hendrix famously set fire. Well, first of all, he humped the amp and then um, set fire to the guitar. Like, it was an effigy, and no one was, like, calling the flames from it. Anyway, if you have not seen Monterey Pop, watch it. It's amazing. What does this have to do with tragedy, you ask? Well, we're not And if you're a man that has not yet humped an amp... I suggest you do so. <laughs> I'm going to leave that gap of silence in. Everybody's wanted to. And move on. <laughs> so, by 1979, the band had changed a bit. You know, they were older. Townsend's, you know, by songwriting older, changed. By older, we mean they were in their mid-30s. Right, yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, there were Yeah, essentially, because these were all... The British these, Invasion These were bands, the original bands. The British Invasion yeah. bands were all, like, World War II kids, basically. Yeah. And in Britain, Post that was World a... World War II. Yeah, and in Britain, that was a big deal, because yeah. England got a lot of well, it, bombing. <laughs> it influenced a lot of the music that would yes. come a generation later. yes. Um, Pink Floyd is a great example yeah. of that. Roger Waters. They are is pretty clearly, much the example yes, of that, yes. as far as capturing the atmosphere. Yes. Of what that would have been like. So let's continue on today's classic rock podcast. Um, so. <laughs> Ozzy would be in there too, by the way. Seriously. Oh yes, for the metal. But we can't. Like, we know, we could so do hard. a classic rock podcast if we want. <laughs> anyway. So, so, so they. Throughout the 60s and 70s, they really, like, morphed and changed, and they went from doing stuff like, I said, Kids Are Alright, um, Magic Bus, you know, to, like, Baba O'Reilly, or as some people may know it, Teenage Wasteland, but that's not the name of it, and The Real Me. They did Quadrophenia, you know, they did Tommy, mm-hmm. which was huge, so rock opera. Which I was going to say, which became an actual opera. Yes, and, and a movie, too. Um... So, Pete Townsend, master songwriter, was, you know, really evolving through those years, which was one of the reasons that that kind of happened. But another reason that 1979 Who was way different from, like, 60s Who is that on September 7th, 1978, their drummer, Keith Moon, potentially the world's first lead drummer, absolutely amazing, excuse me. That was the beer. She was, she was she was not she was not getting verklempt. I was not, I was not verklempt. <laughs> Although it is a very sad story. It is. Um, Keith Moon, crazy man, amazing drummer, just absolutely amazing drummer and showman. Um, one of the best drummers in rock history. 
um, unfortunately took 32 clomethiazole pills. Anyway, it's a sedative. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. It was Taking pres- 22 of any kind of pill is 32. probably not good. 32. Or 32. It was prescribed to him for alcohol withdrawal symptoms. Uh, so that's in the the brilliant, like, let's take away and let your me, booze and give you drugs. But let instead. me guess he was also still boozing while doing that. Or so was I did not see specifically where that was the case. Um, but anyway, it only took six to kill him. <laughs> God. Um, the tw- other 26 were undigested. Oh, God. So, yeah, he was found dead. Um, and <laughs> like, like, very dead. Yes, and their album, Who Are You, had just come out. Mm-hmm. Great song, Who Are You. Who mm-hmm. are you? Sorry, I got distracted by Demetrius. Mm-hmm. Loud breather. Anyway, so Moon's death came the year before this whole incident. So he died on September 7th. 1978. This all happened December 3rd, 1979. So about 15 months later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Keith Moon was almost replaced by Phil Collins. (laughs) Really? Who was taking a break from Genesis at the time. I was going to say he was the drummer for Genesis Mm -hmm. and also lead and backup singer. And I can't think of any drummer like less like Keith Moon than Phil Collins. Very true, but... I will say this about Phil Collins mm-hmm. in a couple of his, obviously he's a pop artist. That's pretty much what yeah. he is. But in a couple of songs that he has, I can tell he knows how to play the drums. Oh, I'm sure he does. He has some, well, he has well, some pretty cool. Does. I am not, I yeah. am not digging at his talent at all. Oh, and I, and I'm not. I'm saying their styles are not this anywhere no, near each other. Not even close. Like. Phil Collins is basically like adult contemporary. Keith Moon is arguably like the first metal drummer. Like yeah, he, he's a crazy man. He he's inspired amazing. every every drummer that has played since Keith Moon was in somehow, whether they know it or not, inspired and, by Keith Moon. And who do you think would call Phil Collins an inspirational drummer? Um, a pop singer. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Like, like Janet Jackson probably would. So... This ended up not happening because Pete Townsend had already asked Kenny Jones to step in. And he did in November of 78. So um, the band returned to touring on May 2nd, 1979. So seven months before this incident at the Rainbow Theater in London. Playing initially with a lineup of Townsend, Roger Daltrey on vocals, obviously. Bass God, (laughs) John Entwistle. Jones on drums, and John Rabbit Bundrick on keyboards. So uh. they had, like, some... Which makes sense. A lot of their stuff couldn't be done live without, no. like, some... Same with Queen. Not, Queen had, like, without a synthesizer and, and Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After seven shows, they added a horn section, which okay. became... Which, actually, if you think about, like, Real Me and stuff, they, they do have, like, horn hits and, and all that, so... The U.S. leg of this tour started in September and was the band's first U.S. tour in three years. Okay. So in December of 1979, to kind of give a context of what The Who was at this point, The Who became the third band, along with The Beatles and The Band, as in... um, (laughs) The Band. Yeah, as in The Band. Oh, what's his name? Levon Helm, all that the band. Sure. That was my first guess. <laughs> so the third band to appear on the cover of Time magazine with an article saying they had, quote, outpaced, outlasted, outlived, and outclassed all of their rock band contemporaries. 
End quote. Because at that point, they kind of had. Maybe well, except for the Rolling Stones. Well, Keith Moon didn't no, outlive didn't. it. But, but, but the Beatles weren't around. No. Um, none Beatles, of the Beatles, The Beatles British hadn't invasion. been around for almost 10 years at this right. point. Right. And the, yeah, none of the other bands, except for exactly, arguably, the Rolling Stones, yeah. had the staying power that they did. Because the Rolling Stones, a year or two later, would have one of their bigger hits ever with Start Me Up. That came out in 80 80s. or 81. Oh, okay. So this they were, was probably like their Miss You phase, huh? Yeah. For the Stones? Probably. Something like that? Yeah. I actually don't know a ton about the Stones. They're, they were never... I like songs of theirs. Sure. And overall, yes, they're an amazing band, but I don't know. I've just never connected with their music. They never quite grabbed me. Yeah. Exactly, so... But Led Zeppelin, absolutely. The Who? Of course. Well... Here and there. No. Oh, um, oh, you mean connecting to? Yeah. Oh. Not all of The Who I'm into. I'm, I'm into basically like the mid-70s Who. That's... Oh, the 70s were some of their yeah. best work, honestly. Like, well, anyway, I, we could <laughs> Again, we could become the sorry. Tickly Podcast. Sorry. But <laughs> let's get to the tragedy. And let's not sound here. so excited <laughs> to get to that. Because I'm, I'm kind of, I, I do like our inane banner at the moment. Because, because it's I putting kind of, off. <laughs> I don't want to get to, God. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I'll put it this way. I've been to many concerts. Yeah. And been in like the I've been in pits I've yeah. been you know it's floor seating yeah. and all that Fest, you've been to festivals too Eden Fest that's the only one <clears throat> oh okay that's the only well, one Chad was, went to Woodstock he went to 99, 99 which is the infamous one yeah where they burned everything <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean I've been in I've been to a lot of shows and I've probably been in situations where something like this could have happened but it just never did yeah so it's a little scary to think about yeah Yeah. well this is this is one of the reasons i'm always a little like sketched out about concerts it's a little well you're you're always a little sketched out and not that it's a bad thing about Mm -hmm. big public places with a lot of people yeah crammed in crowded yes yes um, well, like when we went to the Tool concert mm-hmm. in Charlotte, yeah, yeah, um, I liked being on the like I think I I sat on the end like and granted there was a large wall and a drop next to me, but I mean I was totally thinking okay if I have to get out of here I can drop down this wall <laughs> and I won't get stampeded by anybody because I'm in a corner no one's gonna come my way. So, and this is why. Get, get out. <laughs> exactly. Although, as we'll find out, this didn't happen. Well, I'm not going to give anything away. Let's get into it. We'll get to that. Yes. You know what that Shut. means at home. Or swig. All right. So Cincinnati was the fifth city the Who came to during the American leg of the 79 tour. Um, the venue for the December 3rd concert was the Riverfront Coliseum which is still standing today, uh, called the, currently called the U.S. Bank Arena, on the Ohio River. Today, the main tenant of the arena is, are you ready for the hockey connection? The Cincinnati Cyclones of the ECHL. Oh, the ECHL. Yeah. Okay. That's where the um, Everblades are. In that are, same league. Are in the same league, yes. And yes. so is the Greenville somethings? The somethings. That'd be a great the swamp. Team. Ra- the Swamp Rabbits. Swamp. That's right. Yes. They, they the are also. Rabbits. They are also in that league. <laughs> yeah. When I lived there, they were the Growl. 
Of which is worse, the Growler? Oh, the Growl was great. They had a great logo and what everything. What was their logo? It was a, it was like a really aggressive dog. But the cool thing was, like their main flag when you went into the stadium mm-hmm. was just the eyes of it. Oh, like and mean eyes. Yellow with a black background, and it was like, it was like there's something intimidating, intimidating. about that. Like, what it's is cool. a swamp rabbit? I have no idea. A rabbit that lives in the swamp. Richie will have to let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's been to some games. Doesn't he live there? Yes. Yeah, Greenville, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> ECHL uh, pro hockey. My pro hockey. Sidetrack. Well, go we Everblades, been... right? Aren't yes. we Everblades fans? Yes, we Chris? are. Yes, yeah. go Everblades. Now, the U.S. Bank Arena has a current listed capacity of 17,556 people. I don't know if that was any different back in 79. They may have changed the seating arrangement. I'm not sure. Um, but the Who concert on December 3rd was sold out with a total of 18,348 tickets sold. Yeah, because they're opening up the floor. So that makes yes, sense. Yes, that's the idea. Yeah. So, exactly. So it sounds like the attendance is probably still the same. Uh, roughly. Like, if you just take away, if you just add floor seats, there's 500 more. Well, so here's the thing. Know. It wasn't really floor seats so much as festival seating. Well, sure. Yeah. You know? So of these tickets... 14,770 were general admission tickets. Oh, so there's... Most of them. With no assigned seating, first come, first serve, on the floor, whatever. It's kind of part of your problem right there. Uh Uh-huh. I wonder if that's going to come into play later. Ah. Um, So the tickets were $10 each, which now is like 32 bucks. That's, yeah, standard. standard, yeah. yeah. So several hours before the show was to start... There was already a pretty big crowd waiting outside of the front of the arena, which I get because if you have first come, first serve te- seats and want to make sure you you're, get a good You're trying seat. to get there. Exactly. You get there yeah. early to wait. And this was a rock concert. So, yes, a lot of people were drinking, smoking, smoking things other than cigarettes. Probably. There was 79. There's probably some acid, some tripping going on. <laughs> oh, for sure. Anyway. <laughs> it's their first U.S. tour in three years. Yeah. Drugs have only gotten better in that time. <laughs> exactly. And the Who were not a... They weren't like a, a metal band or anything, but they weren't like a clean-cut band they were either. Not. So I mean, they their audience would be a, a punk or a metal audience today. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it would be. Probably pretty close and those, to And it. those people who were in their late teens, early 20s, I'm going to... I would bet a million dollars branched off into punk and heavy Yeah, metal. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, plus, this was Cincinnati in December, so it was 36 Fucking degrees cold outside. outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, it pro- which, 36 <laughs> degrees probably isn't that crazy for a December day in um, in Cincinnati, but they're on the Ohio River, so there's probably a say, bad wind chill. I was also going to say that for early December in Cincinnati, that sounds like it's either right on point or maybe a little, maybe Mild. a little high. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but on the river, I bet the wind chill was bad, so yeah. that would make sense. So the doors were set to open. Come visit Ohio. <laughs> I've been to Ohio. Have you been to Ohio? I've driven through it. I've um, never hung out and flown into. I used to fly into uh, Cleveland all the time. Okay. Well, um, we lived in Indiana for a while, but um, visited um, my Aunt Clean and Uncle Brian and Cousin Megan have lived in Ohio for years, so we have visited them several times. So definitely, I think around Columbus, I've definitely been to Ohio. But, um, so, 
The doors were set to open at 7 p.m., obviously, with the sh- a 7 a.m. concert would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and people would be colder. And there, yes. There'd probably be less people standing outside. I mean, yes. Like, fucking rock concert at 7 a.m. So doors open at 7, show starting at 8. There was a police presence, off-duty cops hired by the stadium. Seems pretty standard. And Lieutenant Dale Mankhouse, who was in charge of the cops outside, started getting a little worried around 6.30 p.m. He estimated there were about 8,000 people already crowding the doors. That's a huge crowd. Yeah. The Who started a late sound check. Mm. which agitated the crowd because they thought the concert was starting without them. That wasn't a sound check. Oh. They were afraid that it was it was um they were already to go playing. on. Yeah, exactly. No, and they're like, "Let us in." What the right. fuck? Right. But fortunately, yeah. it didn't take long. People realized what was going on. The concert hadn't started. Mankhouse started getting concerned and talked to Cal Levy the concert promoter, and Richard Morgan, the arena's operations director, and suggested they go ahead and open the doors because things are looking a little... There's a lot of people out there, you know, waiting in the cold and whatever. Um, But Levy said they couldn't until the sound check was over, which, from a band perspective, I totally get. Because you don't let people in on a sound check. But from a public safety standpoint... Well, that's the problem. That's, that's why he was, you know... So, um, Mankhouse also warned them there weren't enough ticket takers for the size of the crowd. So, in other words, the best thing would be shit tons of doors open, lots of ticket just, takers. Just, hope, just assume they all bought a ticket. You know, some just pe- let them in. Some people are going to get checked. Some people aren't. Whatever. Just probably at yeah, this point, it was get getting, them in there. It was getting close to that. Yeah. Get them in there and get them dispersed. I mean, it's a yeah seventeen at for well for this concert yeah, just 18, over eighteen thousand. Mm-hmm. So you got ten thousand more people that are going to show up. Right. Yeah. You know. So well, I mean, I guess also you would need to be careful and make sure everyone had a ticket for crowd control. Because you don't want a bunch more people getting but this it. Is in, but this is in the late 70s. Nobody's got a cell phone in their pocket saying, hey, there aren't enough ticket takers. Come down. Like, well, like we're, the only way people, that would I spread. Bet I bet more people wanted to sneak in back then because it was oh, easier sure. to sneak in. Sure. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Because then that may have let 20,000 people in and then it would have been an issue. Anyway, let's get to what the issue actually was. So the Who finished their sound check at 7 p.m., And finally, at 7.05, the doors were opened. Unfortunately, for some reason, they didn't open the main doors. They only opened two doors at the far right of the entrance. The people who had been waiting in front of those particular doors were able to get in, obviously. Um, But this made people waiting farther back at the other doors and at all of the other doors that hadn't been open start to press forward. Mm. (laughs) So it didn't take long for everyone to realize the only doors that were going to be open was this one pair of doors. 8,000 people, one pair of doors. That doesn't sound good at all. No, no, and it's not, and it's going to get worse. So the people... um, Sorry. So... Everyone did what you think you would think they were going to do. They surged forward to those two doors on the right. And so began a very unintentional stampede, which was really a loss of crowd control. Some people were trampled. Some people were crushed. 
Many people lost articles of clothing or shoes, and I'm going to show you oh, a crazy picture. That's even fucking worse. So this Jesus. picture on top, and friends, you can Google this if you want. This was the entrance. Uh-huh. This is what they found outside. Oh, my God. All that's those probably, shoes. And that's probably not even all of no. it either. No, it's not. Jesus. So that's what was... Like, literally people's shoes. I don't know. Like, thinking about... I mean, and these are like sneakers. Look at them. Yeah. With boots. laces and boots. Stuff. Yeah, because yeah, it was cold. It's Cincinnati. Yeah. So how, I didn't mean to grab that from no, you. I'm sorry. Okay. So, like, how how do your shoes come off when you're wearing laced up shoes, if not in a horrible stamp, like, crowd control problem? I'll, I'll put it this way. As, as a rye Gen Xer... <laughs> But I have been in my fair share of mosh pits and stuff mm-hmm. like that when I was, you know, in my late teens and early 20s. Have you ever lost shoes? Uh, I mean, maybe, but not like that. I've never yeah. had, like... But there. But as far as the surge that you were talking about, uh-huh. I know what that feels like. Like, when you have a bunch yeah. of people just grouped Pressing together... on you. You can feel it, and you know what? There's nothing you can do about yeah. it. It's it's so much energy coming towards mm-hmm. you. You can't, you can't... The only thing you can hope for is that it goes back. <laughs> So which, you can which kind of a, balance out. Which at a concert, it, it will. Like in a mosh pit situation. Yes. Or something. It'll, that's why it'll go back and forth. That's and, why these crowd situations don't happen during the concert. Right. Yeah, because like you said, But if everybody is pushing on one location and there's no give the other mm-hmm. way, then yeah, people are going to get crushed. Well, I actually shouldn't say that because don't they often have security guards at the front of mosh pits to Well, they do to out? get them out. Yeah. But, but this is like what you were saying. This is before the yeah. concert even oh, starts. Oh, yeah. So, there's yeah, no... So, yes sway to a music or anything like that going no on I was now. just trying to correct myself that you don't hear of like tragedies um during the concert but not they necessarily have, but they have specific mitigation yeah they for have that they have a whole line of security yes. guards up front yes to watch to for get that. the people who are coming towards them and catch them getting and, anyone getting crushed gets pulled or out just too. anybody who's gonna come out of the pit and land on their head they, yes, they're there to catch yes. them uh-huh. and be like uh-huh. okay run along young man Right. right. Happy mosh pitting to you. Right. It's it's better. <laughs> better but that surge, control. like that sway, like anybody who's I, been ugh, in a concert like that oh, no, 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 no. knows what that feels like. That sounds terrible. There are, there are some people who are going to listen to this podcast with like, yeah, I remember what that feels like. And it's a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but then I, like the surge comes back and you just kind of go with it. I can never do it. it. I've never done it and I never could. You would could. never do it. No. You I would, would never, never do it. it. No. Like, I'm sorry, no. You would freak the fuck out. And yes, I'm, I would. <laughs> I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that No, you you're would. saying that because I'm an intelligent <laughs> human being who's not going to do such a stupid thing. My apologies to everyone who has mosh pitted, including, including my husband. Including me. Including my husband. <laughs> sorry, I'm one and a half dirty little freaks in. All right. Take that however you will. <laughs> I explained it earlier. So... Yes. But this is... People are losing this, their this clothing honestly, and shoes. Like, those pictures, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was imagining. Yeah. Inside and, and outside the building, yeah, it was pretty bad. So, despite the clear chaos, witnesses recall ticket takers saying, Hey, where's your ticket? To people getting shoved into the building. Sure. Which I get, like, if they were just sort of, like, not realizing what was happening, I can see being like, hey, 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 you can't just come in. Not if they didn't realize they were getting pushed in. These are ticket takers in 1979. They're probably burnout. They're probably making $1.50 an hour Mm -hmm. or $2 an hour. I'm not even 
joking. That was super judgmental of me to say probably a bunch of things. <laughs> I didn't mean that. This is your judgmental episode. It, it apparently is. I'm sorry to all the ticket takers. I don't mean to. Making $2 you. an hour. But seriously, that's probably... Yeah. What they were making, and they're they're not they're probably not taught crowd control. Well, and their managers the are probably part. hard asses who yeah. are like, don't let anybody in with the turnstile. Exactly. So we have some survivor accounts of this, and they're pretty. I'm sure awful. There's, well, there's plenty of survivor accounts. Yeah. Trigger warning, so. as always, but this one is a survivor account, which I feel is kind of like its own thing. So anyway, so one survivor, a man, a man named Richard Klopp. Described seeing his wife get swept away from him in the crowd, which must have been terrifying. And even though he was over six feet tall and weighed over 200 pounds, so not a small person, a sizable guy, he ended up falling flat on his face, literally face planting on the concrete floor. Which is the last place you want to be. Um, But thankfully, somehow, someone helped him to his feet. Yeah, somebody got him up. Yes. Yeah. But they couldn't move. They were literally like pinned, he said, with their arms down by their sides. Pinned in the crowd because of the number. People in the back who didn't know what the hell was going on in the front were yelling, one, two, three, push. And chanting, open the fucking doors. So they didn't know what was going on. If Clearly, if they knew what was going on in the front, they wouldn't be pushing forward. So anyway, yes, they I, were completely I don't, unaware I don't know what was about these on. rock concert kids in the late seventies. <laughs> they probably would have done it anyway. The bloodthirsty teenagers. We'll get to that, Swig. Yes. Oh man, this is fucking brutal. Isn't it bad? So, Klopp. Oh, okay. Um, so, so he heard someone inside shouting, "Stay up! Stay up, or you're gone." <sighs> Meaning, don't fall down or you're going to get trampled. Somehow stay on your feet. Right. So Klopp managed to ride the wave of the crowd into safety, kind of like what you're talking about, sort of riding with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually, clearly, they got into enough room where they could spread out in the arena and be okay. Um, So he found a policeman. And he said to the cop, people are getting hurt. Like, to try and explain what was going on. And the cop said, quote, well, we can't do anything. (laughs) <laughs> End quote. Other people <laughs> what, also... What, what, who do you think we are? The police? <laughs> right? We don't help. We're just the police. Who do you think we are? <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, other people that, said that, that's a they rabbit, the same That's thing. a rabbit hole we're not going to go we down. We're not. Um, other people tried to plead with the police, but were dismissed. Another survivor, a 22-year-old Ohio man named Jeff Manchester, said when he was caught up in the crowd, quote... I was grabbing for hair. I was grabbing oh, sure. for bodies. Yeah. I was grabbing trying to stay for up. my life. Yeah. I knew some of the people under me were dying, but I could not get up. End quote. And he couldn't do anything about no. them anyway. Like, like they were. If like, you're yeah. caught in that crush, like the only thing you can do is try to survive yourself. Yeah. It's because you, you cannot take on no. that force. You, no. You can't. No. It's like it's it's. I'm sure the water is more violent, but it's the same type of feeling. You can't take on a freaking current. It's no. just not happening. You just got so, to go with it and just fucking hope for the best. So, God. in all, 11 people died. Mm. Four women, seven men, mostly of high school or college sure. age. And 26 other people reported injuries. That doesn't mean that's all that were injured, just right. reported. 
Autopsies showed the victims had died of compressive asphyxiation, which is the most horrifying thing because I'm not sure, like, this is one of those morbid conversations we get into from time to time, like, which is, would you rather die by? (laughs) Would you rather? Because compressive asphyxiation. The extreme version of the game. Compressive Uh, asphyxiation means you literally just get crushed. Um, Or would you rather get trampled on and, like, injured? Trampling is much quicker. Is it kind though? of? Well, I'm, I'm I thinking. Mean, I'm thinking. Is not fun, but you pass out first, right? I'm thinking of getting trampled by like an elephant. Like that's mm-hmm. quick, mm-hmm. and you're pretty much dead. Well, it's big and it um, crushes you. But yeah. you're talking about repetitive, like feet on you. But trampled by a crowd, yeah. Uh, oh, that's god. Anyway, like like, like that guy experience, like mm-hmm. like like everybody who's been in a mosh pit. At one time, at least, his experience. Flow with the crowd. Yeah, just and just hang on, try to stay up. And the other thing too, and bands are good about this, being like, "Hey, if somebody falls, get mm-hmm. them up. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be a don't be a fucking dick." Yeah. You know, if some, yeah. you see somebody go down, well, pick them up. And what's really nice is this guy Richard Klopp, this big guy. Somebody is, helped is him like, up. Yes, is like somebody helped him up. So, yeah. like the people who are saying like, "Open the fucking doors and one, two, three, push." They didn't, they didn't know have, what was going yeah. on. Nobody would do this intentionally unless they were, like, psycho. So, sorry, that was super generalizing and judgy again. <laughs> now she's judgmental against psychos. Well... But she will do your taxes. It's... <laughs> <laughs> right, Demetrius? Yeah. Demetrius agrees. Anyway, an emergency room doctor where the victims were brought said they suffered multiple bruises and, quote, there was some evidence of footprint-like oh, injuries. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, okay. Ugh. That's over. Let's talk about the aftermath. So, do you think they the show went on or no? Did it go on? The show went on. Oh my god, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Did the band know that these people died before they played? I'll get to that. Oh, that means Sweet. they did. Oh god. What? The show went on at the behest of Cincinnati Mayor Ken Blackwell, who feared... <laughs> also at the behest of common sense. Well, no, who feared that... And I, I don't... I don't know about this. Who feared that if it was called off, they could have a riot situation on their hands. But I don't know. I think if the crowd was told what happened, that they would... And that they were going to, like, be refunded or whatever, they would, they would have understood. They wouldn't riot. I mean... The Who fans aren't, like, insane clown posse fans. Oh, there's another judgment. This is the judgment. Rachel judges everybody <laughs> episode. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're judging. I would like to put out a personal plea to our listeners. If you are a juggalo... <laughs> I very much apologize for that judgment that I passed against you. I would love if you introduced yourself to us, and we will become fast friends. You are beautiful. You are a wonderful person, like all of our listeners. All I can think of is that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Where the Juggalo. Or tries to save the Juggalo. Okay. We need to get back on track. This is too much ad-lib digression. That too. All right. The band members were not told, right? Were not told about what had happened until the show was done. Ah, uh, that, well, that's kind of, that's shitty, too. So Roger Daltrey said, quote, this is, a, this is his reaction to 
once he was told after the fact. Initially, we felt stunned and empty. We felt we couldn't go on, meaning like with the tour and everything. But you gotta. There's no point in stopping. End quote. That's a tough one. I do and I don't see where he's coming from. Like uh, I don't know why the their... show wasn't called off. I don't... I kind of disagree... I kind of disagree with the idea that there would have been rioting. I mean, like, if you explained to a concert-going crowd, to a band like The Who... I mean, we're not talking about some hardcore band. Yeah, some people were drunk. Yeah, some people were high. For a hardcore band, there wouldn't be enough people to show up to crush people. Oh, that's my judgment. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Yes. Damn it, this is the judgmental episode. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, do you think Who fans would riot? I mean, yes, this is 79 Who fans, but if you told the People were helping people up. You also have to remember... Even though this is 79, and I think Altamont was 70? Mm. 69, 70? Damn, I don't remember. I think it was 70. Because I know it was after Woodstock. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... So it was like 70 or 71. Uh, but think. anyway, that is still in the past. Yeah. You have to remember the politics of society at the time. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll is still, and especially this kind of rock and roll, 79? is... 79? It's, it's a little still, more mainstream. I mean, it got like Fleetwood Mac and rumors it's, and it's shit. It's still only been basically like a generation and a half at this point. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, like all the hippie children are now like in their 30s, basically. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, and then you have baby boomers at this t- at this point are in their early to mid-20s. Mm, or no, wait, 40, 79. No, yeah. I, I completely fucked no, up. No, I was the, thinking 69. the baby boomers. Or the, I was thinking for you know, Altamont. I was thinking 70, 71. Gotcha. They you would know, be, they were the, the boomers would have been like 25, 26 mm-hmm. at the time. Anyway, so you have still a fairly new style of music going on. You have a new style of... It's 20 years old at this point. But still, it's, that's one generation. Yeah. For us growing up, it's like there's always been rock and roll, but that's not the way it no, was. No, no, I get that, but... I don't know who fans writing. I no, I don't. I, bet. I don't see it happening. Is what I, th- that's basically no, 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 what I'm saying. I, gotcha. but I see where the uh, police chief is coming from. No, Cincinnati mayor or the mayor. Sorry, and I'll bet you the mayor was of a much older generation. So he was probably like, "Oh, these kids and their rock music—they're gonna riot." That's another judgment. Well, um, judgy judge. This is this will become the judgy podcast. <laughs> but um, I don't see it happening. No. Yeah. But. I can see where he can see it happening. Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, 11 people just died. Yeah. So. I don't know. Demetrius doesn't know either, and we need to kick him out now. Yes. So we just took a break, and we can't remember where we were, so we're just going to start back. Oh, that, I think sure we're talking I about the mayor. We were ranting about the, whether the mayor should have. Let them um, in. Yeah. No, should have gone the on concert. the concert. Gone. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So, so they went on. The Who didn't know about it. They weren't told till afterwards. Um, the Who's concert in Providence, Rhode Island, a month later, or sorry, later that month, was canceled. Sure. Um, the band returned. This is the most gorgeous thing. The band returned to Providence in 2012 to honor the 1979 tickets. Oh my! Isn't God. that amazing? It would have been more amazing if they'd done it later that year, because I don't know who wanted to see The Who in 2012. Well, no, it was December. I'm, I am joking. Oh, okay. 
I forget. That, that, that is a nice gesture. I forget if John... I, I do not remember when John Entwistle died. But I know it was in the 2000s, but I don't recall when. I know... I think it was in Vegas. But anyway... Um, so I'm not sure if it was the original lineup or whatever, but I do think it was really sweet that they honored those tickets. I mean, probably some of the people weren't still around, and I dropped my paper. We're, this is such a sloppy episode. But <laughs> that is that is such a testament to The Who, isn't it? Like it punk, is. This is a punk rock episode. Anyway. Unsurprisingly, the show was generally characterized by the media as being a a rowdy rock and roll concert crowd. <laughs> yeah. But people who were actually there considered it quite the opposite. Frank Wood, who was then the general manager of Philadelphia's WEBN-FM, a local rock station, if they're still around, anyone from Philly who's listening, let us know if they're still around, WEBN. Um, so Frank Wood commented that the crowd was a, quote, happy crowd. Sure. I mean, they are kind of, of a hippie band a little bit, you know. Yeah. And characterized it as very different from the crowds who had come to shows for Led Zeppelin and the Outlaws, which he called, quote, chainsaw concerts. <laughs> <laughs> so basically he was saying that these were, this was a good crowd. It was a happy crowd. Nobody was out to do any harm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's not... Apparently, like, Cronkite did a whole feature on it the next day on, on like, the evening news. Of course they did. And it did. was all like, yes. you know, oh, these rowdy rock and roll yeah. teenagers. That's exactly what they did. And that's not what it was at <laughs> yeah. all. No. You know, which is just shitty. It was shitty. some people being stupid. And... It was crowd control yeah. problems. Yeah. So, you know, of course, it's a lot easier to blame those crazy kids or whatever. That's way easier to blame Yeah. Them. Because parents are going to be like, hey, I told you so. I told exactly. you not to listen to that Led Zeppelin band. Yeah. And it was also easier to blame Brr. the band for inciting riotous Of course behavior. it was. Even though they had no clue what had happened. Because The Who was one of the first bands who were to popularize, quote, onstage violence in their act. Meaning the slamming of the guitars and the amps and everything else. Uh, Keith Moon blew up his drum set one time. and they with used dynamite? Not with dynamite, but with like... With something, I've seen a special on... Oh, okay. But uh, they used so much of whatever. It was like a stage. Like pyrotechnics of, yeah. sort of thing? And they used so much that they think he, it shattered like his eardrum and, oh, that, he, and that he had like ear problems yeah. like after that from then yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see but that. But yes, they were, they were into theatrics. Mm-hmm. Very much so. They were... They're sh- well... Where are, I mean, I think technically Roger Daltrey and... Trust me, they're, they're not doing theatrics at this age. At least I hope not. I think Pete Townsend can still do windmills. Yeah, that might be a good way to go out, though. Like, well. They could both, like, <laughs> jump right in front of a pyrotechnic and oh, be come like... come on. No, <laughs> or am I? That'd be epic way to go out. It though. would be epic. Better to burn out than fade away, I <laughs> right? guess. I don't know. But, yeah. So, the Coliseum... This venue had 106 doors and opened two to a crowd of over 8,000. So just, just. And this was stupidity. This was not the first incident. The venue also had a history of crowd control problems. In 1976, 2,000 fans rushed the doors of an Elton John concert. <laughs> a fucking Elton John concert. 
So if you have people, like, <laughs> adult contemporary fans... <laughs> rushing the door. Yeah. Which I, I can't see that happening at all. Uh, but, like, these are people but again, like this Tiny is, Dancer. But again, it's 70s Elton John. He got, uh, anyway, who knows? Saturday Night's Alright for fighting Elton John is, like, the most badass It's about got. the most animated he gets. Yeah. But... Huh. So there, and there were similar problems at a Led Zeppelin concert, which you can imagine, and at Yes concerts, which I don't completely. I, I don't understand that one either. Wouldn't everyone at a Yes concert just be so fucking high? Or yeah, or tripping, or just baked, and just be like like zombies going in and out of the place. <laughs> basically, basically like Rachel is doing this podcast episode. Tonight. Well, you can speak. Well, and you can judge. I can judge very well. <laughs> so, of course. There were lawsuits. You would hope oh. there would be lawsuits. Can I guess who got yeah. sued? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess, hopefully, the maybe the police bureau. Um, Not that I have listed oh, here. Oh, okay. Uh, certainly the, probably the owner of the arena. The, yeah, the, the venue itself, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the band. Probably yes. the band's management. Pro- um, just have the band. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, that's all I can think of. The promotion company? Ah, Electric of Factory Concerts. The radio station, maybe? No. No? The city of Cincinnati. Sure. Yeah. So the suits weren't settled until 1983. So four years later. Well, sounds about, years later. That sounds about right. Yeah, it take, can take a while. Yeah. It, this is not criminal court, so no, no due process. Civil. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Each of the families of the victims were awarded about $150,000, which is close to now about a half million dollars. And an additional $750,000, which is about two and a half million today, to be split amongst the 23 people injured. Okay. The city of Cincinnati immediately banned what's called festival seating, so general mission so, standing. Yeah. So so they banned it. Sure. Banned the idea of just selling an X number of tickets that people could stand. Yeah, it's like, know, no, when you buy floor, a ticket, you, you have to be seat. you have to be in a specific yeah. place. Yeah. But eventually they did lift the ban in two thousand ban in two thousand four. So like twenty five years later. That's not surprising because in that time there has been Oh, it's still used, yeah. Festival seating or... No, but I'm just saying there there have been better advances in security and... Crowd control or Things like that. You'd hope that they... At at this point, we would hope. But at this point, I don't think anybody's going to open just two doors out of... How many was it? Oh, 106. Yeah, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, when you go to a Hurricanes game, even though... Right? Even though 8,000 people... Are not waiting outside. No, even though 8,000 people go to one... Oh, yeah. Which is half the audience. Right. Every gate is open Mm -hmm. when you get there. Some of them are locks when you're leaving, because they want you to leave from certain points. During certain points of... But but to get into the game, every gate's open. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So that's just... It's again like what we every human tragedy we've covered has at this crowd point crowd control ex- especially has been modes of aggress or in like in this case just piss poor crowd control. Yeah. It was not these poor people's fault that they died, and it was no. not the fault of the rest of the crowd. No. And just, I mean, just negligence. Like, who would think like, that it's a good idea to just open two doors for eight? Well, like, they even they said... They seen it was a... And they even and the said the, was, like, They even said the main themselves. entrance they didn't open. Why would you not open the main entrance? Like, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. No. Like, I would think that's probably where most people... Well, you said, I think, yeah, that's where most, most people were so. gathered. Yeah, 
So the city of Cincinnati did also mandate that there must be nine square feet per person at a venue. It's like three by three personal space makes sense. So ticket sales are supposed to be adjusted accordingly. That has apparently held up. No criminal charges were ever brought against anyone. It was all civil. No one was ever held criminally responsible. And that... That also kind of makes sense. Because mm-hmm. uh, how can you prove anything? Like deliberate? No, yeah. it's all. It was I mean, it negligence. Was, it, it was all an accident. I mean, let's face it. It was. It was stupidity that led yeah. to an accident. It was negligence, and that's not. That's criminal behavior. It's that's criminal not. if you can prove that it was on purpose. Then it wouldn't well, be negligence. Yes, it would I mean, be something else. But anyway. Anyway, that was that was a the Who concert disaster. God. And just just to think of how I mean, honestly, the whole time we've been talking about this, I'm thinking about all right. the, all the shows that I've been You've to. You've been to way more concerts than I have. I'm not a good concert goer. Uh, but I mean, it was it was making me think of when we were at the Eden Festival mm-hmm. when uh, the Tragically Hip was on. This is the only but time this I ever was saw outdoors, them. Right? This was, but you got to remember, this was about they estimated about a hundred thousand people were there. Well, sure. And a about huge crowd. And about all 100,000 people were there when the, when the Tragically Hip was actually was playing. Yes, eh? Oh, poor Gordy, Jordy. Yes. Gordy? Gord Downey. Gord Downey. I'm sure I just insulted a whole <laughs> population of Canadians. Here she goes judging again. I'm so, No. <laughs> okay. I... That time I was I'm kidding. very sorry about Gord Downey. That was very sad. Yes. God bless Gord Downey. Rest in peace. But the only time I ever saw them was at that festival. And I just remember everybody was going to yeah. see them. Like, people were people were rocking the school yeah. buses that would transport you <laughs> from... Because this was held on a racetrack. Right. The racetrack yeah. was... You've I, told me those stories. Yeah, the racetrack, I think, was like two and a half kilometers long, something like that. <laughs> you only know in Canadian... Well, I know because it was on, like, everything that you saw. It was kilometers. Yes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean Canadian. I meant everything but American. Everything but the United States and one other country, I believe. (laughs) One other country. I can't remember, but there is also another country that does does not go by the metric. metric. Yes. But, um... But that sway was, that I was talking about, no, I like there's that, so many people. But was there, would you say there was a risk of like some sort of crowd control not problem? For, not for that show. Because it was outdoors, there was more. It was like, outdoors. Yeah. They're not a, they're not a hardcore band no. at all. You know, no, they're, they're a very sweet band. They're straight up, you know, standard rock and roll. Yeah. Nothing fancy. No. But, um, but there's so many people and you just, there's yeah, just like a, a natural. There's emotion to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, a couple people, um, I'm pretty sure Chad being one of them, mm-hmm. when they were at the Game 7 for the Stanley Cup Final when the Hurricanes yeah. won it, mm-hmm. I, I've talked to a couple people that have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the arena was kind of, like, in a sway. Because everybody was... The natural was, motion of the crowd. Yes, because everybody yeah. was just, like, hyped All up. Their feet. And just, and just... He, like, a couple of people have said, like, the way the crowd moved that night, uh-huh. they're like, there was something to it. Well, that's that's so interesting to think of, like, you know, a crowd has a has a movement of its own, like a current. Yes, absolutely. Like an like an ocean, and it's not. It, it's up to the venue to control the current, <clears throat> basically. Yeah. And and what happened in this case case clearly, they, I mean, stupidly did not. 
with, with two doors. With all of those entrances. And they knew it was, and they were warned by that, by Metcalf. And, and I think part of it was, I think part of it was also because they did not have enough ticket takers. So they were trying to yeah, squeeze every dollar yeah, that they through could. through one entrance, but. Instead of doing the public, the smart thing, and just being like, even if they had opened up four, or eight, or ten, you know. That sounds like a like an arena operations fail to me. Yeah. That's the main thing, I think. I don't think it's the city, per se. I it's, mean, it's I whoever guess the regulations. Is, it's whoever is in charge know. of security at that stadium for that type of event. Well, it's, and the promoter? It's, yeah, it's or, the, sorry, who is it? Carl Levy? Who I can't even find on this anymore. I'm sorry. I just finished my second beer. I think we should end it now. <laughs> you think so? I think maybe. Okay. I think we might be rambling. I think I might be rambling. I don't think you are, but it's okay. okay. We can end it. <laughs> So that was the Who concert disaster. Of? 1979. Because there's probably been others. Of the Who? I'm, I was kidding. Okay. It was the Who concert disaster of 1979 yes. in Cincinnati, Ohio. Indeed. Cincinnati listeners, reach out. Touch someone. <laughs> I don't know. I'm two beers in. It's been a, a long, yeah, like, Six months, people. I'm trying. <laughs> you're succeeding. Thank you're not, you. You are not trying, you're succeeding. Okay, thank you. Yes. So, this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I think I'm Rachel. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>